Hello and welcome to this IBR Business Profile, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report, presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. In past editions of this radio program, we discussed the concept of worker cooperatives as a unique business succession strategy. The folks at Advance Iowa have held webinars on the topic and worked directly with one business in Ames in a transition that led to the state's first worker-owned cooperative being formed. As of January 1st of this new year, Morning Bell Coffee Roasters became the first business structured in this way. In the 107th edition of our program, which aired during the third weekend of January 2022, we introduced you to Maxwell Westlake, one of the owners. Morning Bell, we're a coffee shop slash coffee roastery. We're right smack dab in the middle of Main Street in Ames. I'm not the founder, so that title goes to Nadav, Mayor, and his wife Dara. They actually started it in Arizona, I believe, about seven years ago. Moved it up here to Ames about five years ago. Back in late summer, early fall, I want to say, they both got job offers from Texas A&M. Now, we'd already been working on transitioning to becoming worker-owned for quite a while. And as of the first of this year, we're now totally employee-owned and operated. That's fascinating at a couple of different levels. Obviously, having the very first worker co-op in the state is very cool, but it just shows why that business format works, right? You've got founders who are looking to leave. They could do a traditional sale, but what a better idea to simply take the people who've been on the journey with you and and broaden it out. So as opposed to one of you potentially buying it, you've got this collection of people who have given an awful lot to the organization already. I think it's wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful, and I think things are looking really good for our future. We've always been very collaborative in how we work. It's always been a very democratic workplace. I won't go too much into that, but just interviews, for instance. Long before we were a co-op, we did group interviews. Every employee was invited to the interview to interview for a new hire, and everyone had veto power. All it took was one person saying, "Mm, they're not the right fit. And so it's really a continuation of that sort of idea. How many owners are there in this initial phase? There are, at the moment, five right now. So explain for those who are not aware the concept of worker co-op. How did you come upon that business format as something that you wanted to employ, and what steps went into all of this? So it's something that's sort of been around for a while. I believe it's a lot more popular in Europe here than it is in the United States. Um, we were familiar with it. I believe there are a couple different very good roasteries up in Minneapolis that have been employing that organizational structure. And what it is is every employee essentially who chooses to become a worker owner owns one share of the business. So any you know big decisions are made via a board vote where every worker owner gets one vote. Profits are distributed equally at the end of the year with some slight modifiers for experience, that sort of thing. Even in terms of like the management structure, I'm one of the two managers at Morning Bell. But at the end of the day, we report to every worker owner. 
Because, again, you're all owners. Some of you may have different responsibilities, but to your point, it's a small-D Democratic operation, and you're all in it together. Exactly. Yep, I think you hit the nail on the head there. How does one found one of these? As you note, it is something that is unique. Did you have some resources or individuals that you relied upon in order to make this happen? Yes, yes. So we were very fortunate to have a lot of help along the way. We worked with a couple different organizations that sort of specialize in that. We've had a few people who've had a lot of experience with worker co-ops come in and kind of talk to us about it long before the transition began. On the more legal side of things, we did have to work closely with a lawyer to set everything up, just so everything was, you know, above board and all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed paperwork-wise. Now, this allows you to have additional owners, or I suppose to have fewer owners or change your ownership. It's really a very flexible form that you can adapt as you need, correct? That is absolutely correct. So I guess part of it is that you do have to, first thing is you have to work there in order to be a worker owner. So I'm sure, I think a lot of us are going to be sticking around for a long time. And I think that there's probably going to be some of us who are not going to be there for the next 20 years. So when they leave, their membership share will be returned to the co-op essentially. The flip side of that is, and I believe our requirement is one year or 750 hours at the moment. But once an employee has completed either of those, then then they have the option to become a worker owner. You're running a coffee shop with some great success. You've received some honors for the work that you do. What sets you apart from what I'll call one of the national chain coffee shops that might pop up, especially in a college town like Ames? There are a lot of different answers I could give you to that question. I could spend the next two hours going on about that. I'll save you some time. But I'd say a couple of things. First okay. off, from the very you know cooperative side of things, we're not some big corporation. Odds are when you go in there, there's a pretty good chance that whoever's working behind the bar and making your cup of coffee, they're an owner. They're invested and they're very committed to making sure that they put out an excellent product that reflects upon them well. On the more technical side of things, I mean, we're a small roaster. We put a lot of time and a lot of care into each of our coffees. I'd say even just before we roast them, even buying them, we only buy one out of every 20 or 30 we try. So what goes into making the grade? And what do you wind up then doing to create this variety of flavors that you then make available? Because you don't just have a static menu, correct? I mean, you've got some reliable favorites, but then you also have unique or seasonal choices, do you not? Yeah, we absolutely do. And some of that is we're we're constantly trying new things. Even just today, I roasted up a couple different samples for us to try. We're always looking for new coffees. We're always trying to find the best of the best to serve. And the flip side of that is it's a crop, which means that sometimes a coffee that we've bought in previous years, something went wrong with the harvest this year, or unfortunately, occasionally, for whatever reason, the harvest this year, it just doesn't taste the same as the harvest last year, and it's not something we buy again. So it's a big rotating menu of coffees. The atmosphere is one of the real selling points, to me anyway, of any locally owned, employee owned, certainly in your case, establishment. It's one thing to grab a cup of coffee on the go. That's not your experience. You've got artwork and you've got integration with staff. I mean, you've you've got an entire atmosphere there that makes it much more of an experience. Yeah. Um, one of the 
big points for us is that we really are a part of the community of Ames, or at least we'd like to think so. So mm -hmm. we've got local artists. Their art is up on the wall every month. In terms of merchandise, I mean, we've got, just for instance, some tumblers designed by an ISU graduate, you know, ISU company. We've got some mugs for sale made by another local artist. We try and participate in community events and host some community events. So I think that's a big part of our atmosphere. I guess I didn't ask, how did you get involved? How did this become more than just a job, if you will, for you? I started working in coffee back when I was 16. It was my second ever job, I believe, and I fell in love with it almost right away. I was actually a customer at Morning Bell for a long time before I even applied. I applied because I thought we were, they were at the time one of the best coffee shops in Iowa, and I really wanted to work there. And honestly, working there lived up to my highest expectations and then surpassed a lot of them. I loved it. I figured out pretty early on that it's what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, one thing led to another, and here we are. So what's the most gratifying thing? Because this has been quite a journey where you have been doing it for a while, you're working at a place that you respect, then comes the idea of worker co-op. So what's gratifying? What makes you interested in staying with this? Um, I'd say the most gratifying thing, we actually had a meeting just about a week ago. So the co-op transition was effective, legally speaking, on the 1st of January. We had a meeting on the 5th, I believe, to sit down and kind of finalize a bunch of operating rules, answer any questions that were still up in the air, and just being able to sit down with my fellow worker owners. And that's when it really sunk in for me. We, we own a business together. We're doing this together. And that was such an amazing thing to see. Max Westlake of Morning Bell Coffee in Ames, the first worker-owned cooperative in Iowa. We connected via Skype on Wednesday, January 12. The Iowa Business Report, radio program and podcast, is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. More at AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. IowaBusinessCouncil.org. The Iowa Business Report airs on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with podcasts posted right here, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.